You're listening to The Cannabis Hangout, two girls, one bowl, and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana. My name is Brandon. And my name is Saba. We will be connecting with a community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people, sharing stories from medical marijuana patients, and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths. So we invite you to come roll with us while while we break break it all down. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. I'm Brandon. And I'm Saba. And we are your host of the Cannabis Hangout. On today's episode, we have the pleasure of speaking with our first international guest. We've connected via Instagram a couple weeks ago where she reached out to us with a really kind and encouraging message. And we just kind of got to chatting and decided that we had to have her on and how cool it would be to have someone abroad share their story. And she's already a leader within her own community and has her own hemp and botanical facial skincare line and we're so happy to have her here she's calling us from the future in australia (laughs) so guys please welcome jenna to the cannabis hangout hey jenna hello good morning well i guess it's good night for you guys but yeah good morning to you (laughs) we're so happy to have you here with us today so let's just start with you telling us where your journey began what time of the day it is over there and kind of where (laughs) cannabis started for you where did it all stem for you yeah perfect so i'm currently in queensland so that's the north east state of australia so i live in a place called the gold coast so it is eight o'clock in the morning here not too early though um my journey with cannabis began it's actually really cringe (laughs) i went to um and I went to a private all-girls college and when we were like 15, 16, there was a couple of us girls and we would like sneak out of my friend's house at night time and go sit in the skate park and meet boys and drink and be really trashy. Mm-hmm. And I remember one night the girls came to school and they were saying, oh, the, the boys last night, they were like smoking weed and everyone was like what? Like I've heard of it, but it's a drug and it's so bad for you. And then they whipped out this bag. (laughs) It was empty. And I remember sitting around at lunch at school and everyone was like passing around this little empty bag of weed and like taking a little smell out of it, (laughs) being really curious. And then, (laughs) yeah, imagine just 15 year old girls sitting around smelling an empty bag of weed. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) And then um, it wasn't actually until maybe a year or so later where I was like, I'm going to try this. So um, we had a group of my friends at my house. My parents were away for the weekend, obviously. And one of our older friends, he organized to get the weed and we made a bong (laughs) at my parents' house at the ripe age of like 16 or 17 using, um, do you guys have Gatorade? Like, yes, we do. Bottles? Yes. Yeah. 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 So like running around the side of the house, measuring the garden hose, hoping that my parents would never like realize that we took the end of the hose off. And <laughs> I remember we like passed it. <laughs> we passed it all around and we ended up getting pretty stoned to be honest for the first time. Oh and then, my goodness. Yeah, That's so was- crazy that you guys were creative <laughs> enough to like figure out what you needed because I, everything for me luckily was just kind of provided to me so I didn't have to do any figuring out. But the fact that you guys were just creative enough to engineer your own. Yeah, it's like a scavenger hunt. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. It's, yeah. It's actually really common over here to be honest. It probably wasn't until I was like 
maybe 19 or 20 that like I got myself like a first like proper bong and then before that because it's so hard to buy smokeware and stuff over here like you kind of just have to DIY you just have to make what you can yeah that's cool especially being that young as well being yeah being under 18 and then um yeah so for the next couple of years like it was definitely just recreational smoking but it wasn't until my partner Kyle came home from Afghanistan and had um obviously the issues that he had coming home from that that I really started to research cannabis and really start to learn about like the other properties that it has and how it can actually like heal you and help you as well rather than just like being a drug and getting you high. Wow, that's I, that's so neat. So I'm going to be honest. I don't think we know much about what cannabis laws are like or what the culture is like in regards to cannabis or anything in Australia. So let's start with the culture. What is the cannabis culture like over there? Yeah, there's actually a really big culture over here and it's really, really amazing. It wasn't until probably two years ago, 18 months ago, that I really was opened up to the culture in Australia because for sure I felt a little bit like taboo. I was really the only one of my friends that would smoke and a lot of my friends would just be like, when are you going to give up the habit? Like blah, blah, blah. And um, it wasn't until last year where I was doing a lot more research on like cannabis in Australia that through Instagram, funnily enough, like I just found this huge community of cannabis in Australia, like from like I guess cannabis influencers and like smoke pages and it makes it a lot easier to connect I think in yes. Australia when you don't have that community that you can like physically go to like mm-hmm. a dispensary or like a bar or whatnot and connect with people you really kind of have to put yourself out there so the culture is huge there's a lot you don't really realize how many people use cannabis over here until you start talking about it okay so I'm pretty open with it now like Mm -hmm. most people that I know know that I use cannabis and that and it really just gets the conversation going wow that's so cool it's so cool that we're here right now with you talking to you in Australia and we're connecting over a plant I know like that is what brought us together the cannabis plant I know isn't it amazing like it's so good and I've actually learned so much in the past year through the U.S. and the Canadian cannabis industry through again like Instagram and like you girls' podcast has been so amazing for me just to like not only learn so much myself but then be able to share it with my friends like I'm always sliding in people's DMs and screenshotting podcasts and sharing stuff around so it's really amazing that there's just still so much to learn. Yes, I love to hear that. So speaking of friends, when you and your friends get together, do you guys smoke? What do you guys enjoy doing after you consume? Yeah, definitely. Um, in the last year, I have made a couple of really good girlfriends, actually, um, through cannabis. I never really had too many friends that would smoke. It would kind of just be me and my partner and, like, his guy friends. So, you know, we can imagine what that's like, just sitting around. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, in the, <laughs> so, in the last year, I've actually, yeah, made a couple of really great girlfriends and we'll go out and go hiking and go up into the hinterland which is kind of like a mini rainforest just outside of where we live and we go to the water holes and the beach and a couple of of them have their 
yeah, a couple of them have their own cannabis businesses as well, like hemp body stuff and awesome. um, little smoking tips. So we, yeah, we kind of get together and work on our businesses and motivate each other. It's really, it's been amazing. Like okay. considering I've probably known these girls for less than a year. Like it's funny how cannabis can just bring you together to someone and you can kind of be like, okay, right. Like we're all on the same page. We've all kind of experienced the same I guess, opinions from other people kind of dictating what they think we should and shouldn't be doing. It's finally nice to kind of come together and be like, oh, I'm not crazy. Like, I'm not a drug addict. Yes. Like, I am normal. That's so cool to hear that from like, the standpoint you're in because here in Oklahoma and the States, like, we went through that. Mm-hmm. Like, everything you're saying, it's cool to see, like, where our state has come with, you know, cannabis being legal. But everything you're saying, like, We did have that little underground community. We were trying to figure out where we could get the best weed. Like, we, you know, it's crazy how, like, every place goes through, like, the same process or motion with cannabis before it's legal. Like, the fact that you're talking about the culture over there and, Mm -hmm. like, it's so similar to, like, kind of the same process of, like, how we came up here, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, definitely. And I think it's almost inspiring, I guess, in a way to kind of, I can sit here and be like, no, Jenna, like just keep trucking, keep yes. talking about mm-hmm. it because there is going to be a day in like hopefully not the far future where we will be able to go to little dispensaries down the road and we will be able to be a little bit more open about it. But I do think that that's still quite a way away, unfortunately. So do you guys have any other forms of cannabis other than flour? Like we have edibles and concentrates, which I know may not have necessarily made their way around the world, and especially in regards to concentrates. But do you guys have um, like edibles over there? Do you guys make your own edibles? Are you familiar? Yes, I am definitely familiar with edibles. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We've got all, (laughs) we've definitely got concentrates over here, pretty much every form of cannabis that you guys have, we have it over here. However, it's not legally accessible most of the time. It's a lot of a friend of a friend or like this guy that, you know, down the road, I know people that even use Tinder to sometimes cannabis as well. Desperate calls. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's so true. But yeah, through the medically um, approved cannabis that I'm aware of, that is oils, flowers, not sure about concentrates. I'll have to check that. But definitely you can get oil and flour through the medical um, system in Australia. And then obviously all other cannabis is what you would consider black market. Right. I guess. So it's just so, like a friend of a friend. And yeah, we make we make our own edibles here at home and it's amazing. But then obviously with that you can't gauge the strength of them. So that's now. what I was gonna say, dosage. Sometimes, Do you know the dosage or but trial and error on your body and you just have to see what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some days I'll be fine and I can go to the shops and some days I have to sit down and be like, right, this is me for the day. So <laughs> that was too much. That yeah. Is, um, <laughs> Yeah, that is um, obviously one of the downfalls of the cannabis industry over here. Like it's not obviously so regulated, so you're not really knowing the strength of anything that you're getting, which I think can be a problem because that also is what puts people off. There's a lot of my friends that are just like, oh, no, I can't use cannabis. Like I get too anxious. I get paranoid. I get this. And Mm -hmm. it's hard to try and describe to them that, okay, you've, you've maybe just had a little bit too much. Like you can try this, you can try that. But a lot of people 
that I know in Australia have had one bad experience and like that's it. They would just never go back. So it's quite a shame. Yeah, unfortunately, I feel like everyone has those experiences mm-hmm. and it's just kind of, I feel like that's just the process of getting to know cannabis. Yeah. And tell your friends to listen to our podcast <laughs> and they can learn a lot. From yeah. Maybe not be so timid about it. Setting up a new company can be difficult and confusing, but establishing a strong foundation with appropriate and necessary documents can help protect you in the long run. Yes, and with being business owners ourselves, Saab, we understand what it's like pretty well, I think. With BIC Legal, they practice in areas like family law, estate planning, business litigation, and review and draft contracts for your company while assisting in licensing applications, and so much more. And with the Oklahoma cannabis industry thriving, the rules and regulations related to cannabis are quite strict. Jade Pebworth with BIC Legal, she really enjoys working with companies from the ground up. So if you're looking for good legal help in Oklahoma, she's your girl. Let's get back to today's episode. Yeah, that's it. Like even the thought of like microdosing cannabis, people look at me and they just, like what do you mean microdose cannabis and you're like yes like if you can find the particular strength and then break it down like you can microdose it and it might actually help you so right there'll be a day there, there will, will be, be a day, day where that happens and you you're gonna kind of yeah patiently yeah, wait <laughs> patiently wait but you all, you still have like an advantage with that like the more you know mm-hmm. like the more like you level up, you know, and whenever it does come to where it is legal over there, like you're going to have more knowledge and experience than most people there who are close-minded and who don't understand, you're going to run with it and you will succeed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely super excited for that. Even with my, um, like my parents are fairly conservative as well. Like they don't, you know, they've always been like no drugs, blah, blah, blah. When um, that first (laughs) bomb that we made, I tried to hide it in my bedroom Mm -hmm. and my mom found it after about like, she probably smelt it to be honest. Right, like rotting. (laughs) Found it like (laughs) too. Yeah, just me thinking I can tip the water out and no one will know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And like it was quite awkward because I kind of got yelled at for a little bit and then it was just like never spoken about again because I guess my mum just didn't know how to speak about it and um yeah yeah, so it's really hard to then try and get them on board Mm -hmm. with what I believe in for like my health and wellness like they're pretty comfortable with I kind of use my partner Kyle as a segue (laughs) (laughs) who's yeah. <laughs> like PTSD and physical problems. I'm like, oh, Kyle's using cannabis. Kyle's using cannabis. So I think I think they know that I'm also on board with it. Last time they came over, we have a um, tiny little plant outside and I tried to be like, oh, this is my little like hemp plant. And dad was just standing there nodding his head like, oh, yep, <laughs> yeah, okay. And then, <laughs> so yeah, you do what you got to do. look on his face. But yeah, definitely. I think I'm just at the point now where like, I'm just going to shove it in their face and too bad. Yeah, take it or leave it. around one day. Yeah, (laughs) and I feel like with situations like that, the more that you bring it around and the more normal you act with it even with adults the more normalized it will be because that's something where my parents it's been an adjustment with them but the more that I take the time to learn more and educate them the more open they are so you're doing it right you just have to keep trucking along and know that their walls will eventually break especially when they see it with your partner and how your partner is responding so well to it versus like other medicines or you know just getting caught up on a lot of other stuff it's cool that he is wanting to use cannabis in a more natural way so they will see that sometimes it just takes a little bit longer for other people yeah a hundred percent I think the um 
big turning point for my parents, maybe becoming a little bit more comfortable, is that they were seeing my partner on, you know, 13, 14 pharmaceutical tablets a day for depression and anxiety. And then there was another tablet because this tablet created that. And you take another tablet to stop the effects of it. And I think when they saw how much he was taking of that and then it's now come down off of that and started using cannabis, they can really see that, like, benefits of it. Yeah, sometimes it's just experience. Like it's those stories. And like, that's why we love having people share their stories here on our platform because Mm -hmm. it inspires people and encourages people. And, you know, you're like, oh, I'm not the only one. Or that's amazing that that helps him with his PTSD and anxiety that he feels. So that's, that's really cool. Yeah, it's amazing. It's been really great in the last year just to kind of watch it go from, I mean, everyone that uses cannabis, I imagine, like, likes to get high and likes the fun side of it. But it's been really amazing in the last year just to kind of maybe take a little bit of a step back from just using it to get high and then using it to like, actually enhance yes, my life. I love that. So really good. what does it look like when you purchase cannabis? Like, when, when you get it, how much do you get at one time? And then how much, like, does it cost? Like, what's that look like? Cost of, yeah, um, I mean... Everyone has a friend, I guess. Right, <laughs> Quotation for sure. Mark. A friend or a friend of a friend. So the avenue that we go down is obviously the black market friend of a friend. Right. So you can get it in, we go by ounces. I think you guys do too. Yes. So you can get like quarter ounce, half ounce. But roughly it depends where you are as to how much it costs. Up where I am, right. it can cost anywhere between 300 I know people that have paid like Four hundred, four fifty for an ounce. Um, I know if you buy off people who do import from the US as well, you can be paying anywhere up to like six, seven hundred dollars wow. an ounce for like a specific strain of cannabis. Because there are people who kind of, I'm not quite sure how it happens, but import it through the US, and then you can get their menus off Wicker and they post it to you. But yeah, that's wow. going up to like. You know, I've even seen an ounce for $800. Like, it's just staggering. Wow. So I'm on Google right now, and for those listening who are in America, it can range anywhere from about 230 230 American U.S. dollars to the 800 would be about 600 U.S. dollars for an ounce. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, the price. No, no, that's okay. I don't don't expect you to know that. I just wanted to convert it for our listeners. (laughs) So how often do you find yourself... I'll let you do the translating. Yes. So how often do you guys purchase and is it is it easy to come across good quality from the person that you purchase from? Yeah. So we um, have been purchasing. We've got the same friend that we've been buying for for a little time now and he's really reliable. We've never really had any issues with it. We usually go through an ounce every couple to two of us and we smoke quite regularly like about every two weeks or so I mean it depends there's been periods of our time where Kyle's mental health hasn't been so stable and we were going through like an ounce a week so it can actually yeah get quite expensive mm-hmm. when you think about it yeah but, absolutely. yeah there is some states in Australia where it is legal recreationally so there's the um act so australian capital territory which is like where our capital city canberra is that's actually legal to um 
have recreational marijuana. That got legalised in September 2019. Yeah, yeah. It's the one place in Australia, which is really funny because it's kind of the, it's kind of the one state where like, if you live there, you usually work for the government or the public service. Interesting. A little bit tongue in cheek that they're the one state, yeah, (laughs) that they're the one state to have recreational cannabis legalised. And over there, you can have up to 50 grams on you. Wow. And then you can also grow two plants per person or four oh. plants per household at any given time. But the drawback of that is like if you've ever had any experience in growing, like you get more than 50 grams per one plant. Mm-hmm. So it's this weird loophole where you can grow your own, but you can really only have a couple of ounces of the flower on you at a time. So there's a lot of laws like that where it seems like it's quite good and it's moving forward but then when you read the fine print you're like well that just doesn't quite make logical sense so so if if have you gone over there to visit and if like let's say an outsider comes from a different state can they purchase is it is it that open for everyone i don't know i know that they i'm pretty sure they don't have a dispensary or anything so i think it would still be you'd have to yeah, I have no idea about that actually because, yeah, they've definitely got the medical system, but if it's recreational, I'm still not quite sure where you'd purchase that from. Yeah, that's something that's interesting. That's definitely that something for we should you look guys. At. Yeah. Do you know anyone yeah, that was not? Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, but um, I guess hopefully no one I know can listen to this too closely. We've definitely grown before yeah. in the past. Yeah. It's, um, quite obviously going to hide it out the back yes, and you don't have to say much on you it know, but it's cool yeah 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 so you know, it's a bit difficult kind of always watching over your shoulder and stuff right. but I like to think that see the good in people I like to think that even Absolutely. if people do find out like they understand that you're doing it for the right reasons so, so we love yeah, that it's definitely more beneficial to- so we love that in our oh, sorry, email there's um, definitely more beneficial to kind of grow over here but then yeah you've definitely got the added pressure of the what if if anything happens totally understand that so previously in our email the other day you, you said that you were smoking a morning spliff which means you must have a routine of some sort with cannabis so if you do have one what is that like yeah definitely it really depends on the day um if I have a day off, I'll usually, yeah, wake up and my partner and I will share a swift with our coffee. And I really find it just kind of helps my personal anxiety, just slows down my brain for the day. I can think about what I want to get achieved, want to get done for the day as well. Whereas as opposed to if I didn't wake up and maybe slow down a bit, I'd just be go, go, go all morning and be running around trying to be productive and end up not being productive. So we'll usually start our day with a little swift. Um, if I'm working, I try not to use before going to work just because it's just easier that way. If anything ever came out or found out that I was using at work, it would just be fired instantly. I'd rather just not run the risk. I understand that. But yeah, if we've got, (laughs) yeah, but if we've got a day off, like it'll just be kind of a constant thing throughout the day as well. We've tried for the past few months or so to be a lot more intentional when we're smoking as well. Um, There's obviously been some periods of time where we were maybe using a little bit too much. So it's been really nice to kind of just pull back a little bit and start using it consciously. 
sort of throughout the day and my partner's a little bit different because of how his brain is wired so he'll use most days all day um usually he'll use a little bit of a stronger strain if we've kind of got to go out and go to the shops or go to a social event as well because he just needs that kind of extra help to slow his brain down too so we yeah I don't know if I've got too much of like a routine at the moment it's more just kind of focusing on how I feel in the moment and then using according to that and then I've got a CBD blend as well that I take every morning. Oh what's in what's in your CBD blend tell us about that. Yeah so I've got a friend um, up here they've got a farm or a hemp farm in Northern Rivers and then they manufacture CBD oil. I obviously get it just through them because I'm friends so um it is black market, but they do get it tested as well, which is great. So you can kind of gauge what you're getting. And they have a really beautiful blend with gotcha cola, hemp flower, passion flower. Um, there's a lot of other herbals in there, lion's mane mushroom too. So it's a really beautiful oil. Just kind of helps settle my anxiety and just gets me ready for the morning. Wow, that's really cool. I love to hear that. It's so cool that... I mean, I guess when we think of like other countries, we don't really know what, I mean, you're really the first person we've ever interviewed. So going into this, it was very blind. Like we, I didn't even think that people were growing hemp over there. So the fact that you have access to it like that, that's really cool because you, I mean, that just makes it even more prevalent that you will be a front front runner for when it does become legalized because you already are being so educated and taking ownership in your own cannabis health and you know really being mindful even you with you saying you're being trying to be more mindful with your consumption and like slow it down like things like that are exactly what you need to know in order to be able to translate that information so good job I mean that's really cool to hear what you guys are doing yeah (laughs) over there Oh, thanks, guys. I guess you girls have obviously really helped me as well, like all the information that you've just been pumping out since you guys have started your podcast. Like it's just mind-blowing. I find myself like hearing something that I've never heard before and be like, right, better note that down and go do a quick Google. Just oh. Because, oh, that's cool. I don't know, I'd never heard of it before. Yeah, just, I love that. Yeah, even like this, <laughs> even this year, like learning about, like I've always obviously been aware of CBD, THC, but now getting more interested in like CBN, CBG oils. There's a few brands um, in Australia. I mean, most of the CBD that you can get in Australia will be black market. Um, There is a big market for it. However, it's not regulated. So for people who have like specific health ailments, I try and always recommend them to go speak to the health professional first because Mm -hmm. there are a lot of people kind of just buying whatever CBD they can off Instagram. Um, But yeah, there's a big... CBD kind of ways, I guess, at the moment. Mm-hmm. But then looking into like maybe extracting CBG oils and then like Delta 8 is something that I just learned about in like the last month or so as well. Like it's just been mind blowing. Yeah, there's so much to learn always. So speaking of um, things that are happening there, you have a skincare brand that has hemp in it. Tell us about that and the products that you create. I do, yes. I have my little brand. It's called the Leaf Skin Co. So I make hemp and Australian botanical facial care. At the moment, I'm just using hemp seed oil because obviously that's a lot easier to get. It's a lot easier to use. Um, And I use a really nice blend of Australian botanicals. So we've got a whole encyclopedia of amazing Australian natives here that are specific to us. So 
being a, I'm a beauty therapist as well, or an esthetician, I guess you guys would pop that as. And um, so I've always been in beauty. And then last year when we were in COVID and lockdowns, I thought, why don't I just fuse my two passions together? Like I've always kind of wanted to make skincare and I know that I'm pretty knowledgeable and really passionate about cannabis not being able to use CBD oil right now, but the plan is to kind of just establish my little business right now. And then as soon as I can start using CBD and skincare, I'd really love to just make that switch. And just, I find it's another really great avenue to educate people as well. I'm always doing little posts on like just cannabis in general, not necessarily skincare. And again, it's another really amazing way to connect with the community too, just with like other cannabis businesses and, influencers and you know doctors Mm -hmm. and so many other knowledgeable people in the industry I think especially in Australia it's really important that we kind of all band together regardless of what pocket of the industry we're in because it's all one and the same really we're Mm -hmm. all kind of gunning for the same thing right yes let's take a second to talk about the newest addition to Noble Nectar's product line sub it's the drizzle solventless rosin line that we are so excited about So with solventless rosin, this concentrate is created using a solventless technique, meaning they use just ice and water. And really, it's my go-to type of concentrate. I totally agree. And we have definitely been exploring the world of dabs and their consistencies. And this year, Noble Nectar, they created four different versions of their special holiday kits. A quick rundown includes the Flawless Concentrates Live Resin Kit with strains like Cherry Diesel Diamonds and Grease Monkey Plasma. The Cartridge live resin kit with strains like white cherry wedding cake and peanut butter sunrise along with the new drizzle solventless concentrate kit with strains like lava cake rosin and my favorite papaya melons to name a few and lastly the cartridge combo kit which includes live resin and live rosin options that you can choose from they even include their famous noble nectar batteries that are the quality ones that brandon and i have loved we love them so much and you will be able to purchase these kits at an Oklahoma dispensary near you. So be sure to follow Noble Nectar Extracts on Instagram for more info. Now let's get back to the episode. So what's been the most rewarding experience about having a hemp skincare company? What's been the like best feedback that you've heard? Um, Just even just not just is that the whole plant is amazing, but by using hemp seed oil, the improvement that people are getting in their skin, I've had quite a lot of um, customers who've got problem skin and acne and they've reached out and just said that the skin has really just calmed down their inflammation and they'd never thought of using like a hemp-based skincare before and it kind of just opens their eyes to the plant as well and then just being able to educate them too. I love, I do little markets as well. I take my products to the markets and sell them and just being able to have someone stand in front of you that maybe has their nose turned up and they're like, don't really want to have a look because, you know, my logo is a cannabis leaf made out of eucalyptus leaves and I, I press um, cannabis leaves and I have them in little frames so they get a little bit apprehensive about, oh, is she selling weed? What's she doing? Mm. But then by the end of it, they can walk away and they just know so much more about the possibilities of using the plant, not just on their skin, but overall. So I think that's really rewarding for me. That's amazing. I'd love to hear that. That's so cool. Oh, thank you. (laughs) So you are saying with your partner, I'm just curious, how long have you guys been together? And do you feel like cannabis has deepened your relationship with you guys connecting with each other on a different level? 
Yeah, definitely. We've been together for just over nine years. So um, we actually met when we were 21 and Kyle was due to be deployed to Afghanistan six weeks after we met. Oh, wow. So it's actually been, yeah, so it's kind of weird to meet someone and then they, I guess you don't really know them too much because it's just been six weeks, but then they go over and do nine months in a war zone and come back and then, you know, they're just not the same, like plain and simple. So for the first, I was using cannabis when I first met Kyle. Like he obviously couldn't, being in the military, being drug tested quite regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I used it right up until he got out of the army. He was discharged. And then, yeah, it was kind of something that he was really open to move right into. He was pretty keen to give it a shot. And it's been really amazing just being able to have something to bond, not bond, yeah, bond over. Yeah. I guess it's something that's yeah. really brought us closer. Especially his um over the past eighteen months, his mental stability kind of took quite a big dip um last year, and he's um twenty weeks in like a mental health facility and he's not working at the moment because he's on a big rehab plan, so it's been really amazing, even though that we have to have the cannabis for now from black market, so to say it's been amazing watching just how much he's changed being able to use the plant instead of being in the army and having no access to it where I really think it would help a lot of the guys right, while they're totally still would. currently in the army. Yeah, we and we hear yeah, about that often just can't. from our veterans over here that they, I mean, so many of them use cannabis to help their mental health and, you know, any ailments that they have from fighting in war and, you know, all the things that come with it. And I, I 100% agree. I think that no matter where you are in the world, if any soldier should have access, any and all soldiers should have access to cannabis because they're putting their bodies and their minds in, I mean, in line for every, for their country. And so that's something that definitely, yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. Yeah, I 100% agree. Do you know whether in the US military, they can, if it's legal in that state, they can use it while being enlisted or it's, no, they're, I think like, they still get drug tested. Yeah, I think they still get drug tested. I don't think ah, they're allowed to be consuming. Yeah. It is a shame. It, it really is. is. Uh-huh. Yeah. So to, Yeah, that is a really big shame. To flip the script a little, I know I love to smoke and fish. That's just something that brings me so much peace. What's your favorite <laughs> thing to smoke and do and just disconnect from the world? Um, I love, love, love going camping. I love just packing my bag. We do too. Packing up the dog of my partner. Yeah, yeah. I saw you girls went on a really great camping trip and I was watching like, oh, I would love to join. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But um, yeah, just I just think anything outdoors, I think it's, I don't know, there's just something about using cannabis while being like out in nature that just feels, I don't know, a little bit more authentic maybe. I just prefer to use it that way. So yeah, usually being out and about, hiking, camping, going to the beach. I like um, when I'm making my skincare for my business, I really um, like to be using cannabis as well. just kind of helps set my intention before I make my skincare. I yes. usually have um, a podcast going on in the background too. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's usually my favorite thing to do. I love that. Are there any other herbs that, you, that you're into or that you've dabbled into that you might put in your joints but when you smoke? Yeah, definitely. Regularly, we'll use we use a lot of organic chamomile flower, 
In our herb mix, um, recently we've been using rosemary as well. We've got a little rosemary plant, so we break that up and put it in with it. I really love the kind of piney terpenes that come out of it when you use the rosemary and the cannabis together. Yeah, I um, I haven't tried it, but um, sage as well is something that's kind of on my radar. Yeah, I love that. Our herbs but easily yeah, are. Been, can you do you have very easy access to a lot of herbs? I, that must be a stupid question, but I just genuinely don't know. But do you have <laughs> good access to a lot of herbs at like herbal shop there? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we've got access to pretty much every herb under the sun. Um, there's a really great place called the Herb Cottage where I live. There's a lady, and she just kind of has hundreds of herbs and you can just go and if we're not growing them ourselves, you can go and grab them from her. So yeah, it's really great to be able to have those other blends as well because through cannabis, I've obviously learned the benefits of being able to smoke other herbs and use other herbs internally. So it's really just opened up the door to like a huge amount of opportunities for like health and well-being, I think. Wow, that's so cool to hear. This has been such a cool conversation, Jenna. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us. No, thank you. I feel like I'm constantly just sliding into people's DMs on Instagram, especially cannabis community as well, like over here and over in the US and Canada. I just find myself like, I'm just going to send these guys a message. And you know what? It always works out. Like everyone is just so lovely. And I find I always just make the best friends. Absolutely. And don't stop doing that. I feel like Brandon and I talk about that often where we've connected with so many people through cannabis, but also because they've reached out to us or slid into our DMs. So I encourage you to keep doing that because it that's how like now whenever we come to Australia, we know exactly who to come to. Right. <laughs> yeah, you girls are definitely, definitely welcome. Always welcome in my home. And I remember I... um. <laughs> The day I was like, I'm going to send these girls a message and just let them know how much I love their podcast and how much it's helped me. And then like a couple of hours later, I was like, why did I do that? I'm so embarrassing. I'm so cringe. But oh, then you whatever. girls offered to have me on and I was like, yeah. I was like, there it is. That's why I do it. Exactly. Yes. So it's amazing. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I'm so glad right. we got to connect today, Jenna. I think this wraps up today's episode. Is there anything that you would like to add before we hop off today? Um, no, just like, thank you girls so much for what you're doing. Keep doing it because it's definitely not just limited to the US. Like you girls are reaching people. I know not just girls in Australia, but like all over the world with all your education and stuff. So oh, it's amazing. So and kind. I hope one day that I can follow in your footsteps. <laughs> yes, you already are, Jenna. Thank you so much for sharing your time, your passion, and just everything, your journey with us. We are so grateful for you and to all of you tuning in as well. Thank you to everyone. And as always, Bran, stay medicated. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. 
Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at DopeHistory.com.